The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Welcome to this very special uh, emergency Orlando Scandrick podcast with Brandon <laughs> Gowden of Bleeding Green Nation. I'm Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com. When I woke up this morning, Brandon, uh, I did not think that I would be doing an emergency Orlando Scandrick pod, but such is life in the NFL. How you doing, buddy? Uh, here we are, Jimmy. This is really our first emergency podcast that we've ever done. You know, not a big trade. Not like you know the Eagles making some kind of move ahead of the the the, the, the trade deadline uh, this coming Tuesday. Instead, we are sitting here talking about Orlando Skandrick going on undisputed this morning. I I had high hopes of getting things done in my personal life today, and uh, we had the Doug Peterson press conference. I was going to just skip all the, uh, and I still am skip all the uh, like the the practice and then the uh, locker room availability today. I had a lot of things to do, and then uh, I hear that Orlando Skandrick is talking and you know saying all kinds of crazy stuff about the Eagles. So he was literally still on TV, and we turned the TV on in the Eagles media house. And we only caught like the back half of it after he'd kind of already said the worst of what he had said about the organization. Mm-hmm. But it was, it was kind of crazy. You know, all the uh, Eagles media kind of, you know, hovering around this uh, TV in the media house there. And in that moment, it was just like, well, there goes my day. Oh, well. I really like the visual, too, of like this guy was, you know, like what, 100 or whatever, like a couple of hundred feet away in the same building where the media house is located from uh, just last week, like a week week ago from now, uh, you'd be going to see him in the locker room on Friday afternoon. And now he's on TV, ripping the team from the team's own TV in the media house. That is uh, quite the image. And it's quite fitting, I guess, for everything that's going on with this team. It it, it was kind of like this last week, I felt like, right? We're like, okay, they cut Zach Brown. Things are dying down a little bit. Right. And then, boom, on Thursday evening, the anonymous source thing comes out. It's like they, they can't just make it to Sunday with no kind of new storyline emerging late in the week. Same thing with the Vikings game and Zach Brown. Zach Brown says that on a, on a Friday afternoon. Like, there was nothing going on. All of a sudden, he drops that quote. So uh, really amazing how this team, for the third straight week, basically had some kind of off-field thing going into their game. So Skandrick is bitter, for sure. I think, you know, we're not really going on. I'm not going out on a limb saying that. And I don't blame him. Like, the life in the NFL sucks at times. I mean, he's, he's been in the league, I think, what, 12 years? And um, he's a guy that, you know, was a valuable player at some point as, as a slot corner. 
uh, when he played for the Cowboys, and now he's just trying to hang on. He's a back of the roster guy, and you get picked up and you get cut. Like he got, you know, he was with the Chiefs last year. He was with Washington in their training camp. He didn't even make it through their training camp. He already got cut twice by the Eagles here already. So that's just life in the NFL. I mean, and I get it. Like I get that you don't want that to happen. And I'm sure he felt like after the Jets game when he had the two sacks and the two forced fumbles and he and he returned one of them for a touchdown. I think he probably felt that his that his roster spot would be secure for a, for a little while. But then two defensive tackles get hurt. Well, actually, we'll get to we'll get to that in a minute. What we're gonna do here is we're just going to play the audio of everything that Skandrick said, in case you haven't heard it, and we'll kind of just stop it along the way and we'll give our thoughts. Does that work for you, Mr. Gowton? Yeah, let's do it. All right, let's go. A Sunday. Boy, boy, was I. Uh-huh. And by the way, you're welcome here as opposed to there. Thanks, for thanks. <laughs> like the change. If I can interrupt, this is uh, on FS1, first take with Skip Bayless and uh, Shannon Sharp, and my apologies to the woman, I don't know who that is. Uh, that is, I have it right here, uh, Jenny Taft. How surprised were you that the Eagles let you go? Uh, very surprised. I had a very productive game coming back against the Jets, and then uh, we go up to Minnesota and we get smashed. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we go to Dallas and we get smashed. And then I f- it felt kind of scapegoatish. Bunch against- All right, I'm going to stop it there. The idea that he was made out to be the scapegoat, in my opinion, is ridiculous. I mean, he's a back of the roster player, as we just mentioned, as, as I just mentioned a minute ago. The Eagles lost uh, three defensive tackles already this year. They're literally down to one defensive tackle in Fletcher Cox, and they needed to sign a couple more. So they did. They signed a couple of, you know, admittedly undrafted rookie free agents from other teams' practice squads, but they needed bodies at that position. When you sign guys, you got to let guys go. And in Skandrick's position, you know, they have some guys coming back at the corner position, like Ronald Darby's going to play this week. Um, you know, Sidney Jones wasn't going to be on the bench forever. Th- you know, they have guys coming back. So he was kind of an expendable player. The Eagles weren't blaming him in any way for the loss in Dallas. And I don't think anyone else was either. I mean, he's, he just is what he is. He's a backup player just trying to hang on. And he got cut. You know anything to add there? Uh, I thought he was always going to be brought back. Like once they didn't keep him on the roster week one at some point, like I thought he yeah. might make his way back because they wouldn't guarantee his salary. And then I figured the reason why you don't want to guarantee his salary is because he'd probably be gone again in the future. Like once strap is back or, or whatever. Yeah. So I, I think he was always going to get cut. Okay. Continuing on. It was, yes. <laughs> but you played 51 snaps I think, against Dallas. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have my best performance. You know, I had some, some rough moments, but who doesn't have rough moments? All right. Pause it right uh, here. It felt really, really. <laughs> yes. That's my favorite line from this whole thing. Like, so he goes on to talk about accountability, but he's like, eh. <laughs> Who doesn't have a bad game? Or who <laughs> right. does, like, what are you talking about? You were terrible. Like, you can't, you can't, like, sit here and be like, eh, yeah, I had a bad game, but uh, who doesn't? And then, like, yeah. you know, talk about accountability and everything. I thought that was terrible. That was my, that was probably my favorite moment from this whole thing. I just, I thought that was insane. He was just like, yeah, I had a bad game, but so what? <laughs> <laughs> All right, continuing on. Go to show. The problem in Philadelphia is much, much deeper than me. It's much, it's much deeper than me. Again, if I can stop it there, it's the problem is much deeper than me. Nobody was saying that you were the problem. Like you won't see <laughs> anywhere that somebody was saying Orlando Skandrick is the reason this team is failing in 2019. Like he was a back of the roster player. Nobody's making him out to be a scapegoat in any way. Anyway, continuing. You hear a lot of talking coming in and out of that locker room with some of the problems. That's I going think on. they're having a tough time dealing with success. Um, whenever you gotta say, "Oh, we're gonna get it together," oh, no one believes in us. 
Oh, it's about us. You already don't. So, scapegoatish, as in Zach Brown, what was a week ago? And I, Zach Brown goes out and says, you know, we need to put it in the quarterback's hand and he gets released. Mm-hmm. The head coach goes out and says, oh, we're going to go down to Dallas and we're going to win and go he be did. in first place. He, he you got to, I know that was one of your big things last week. You want to comment on uh, Zach Brown versus Doug? I mean, comments? I think there was a difference. Um, but I, I also did say Doug needs to go and back that up, and he didn't. So it definitely makes him look stupid and, and foolish, you know, for saying that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I do think there was a difference in it, just like Zach Brown, again, was just riffing on a Friday afternoon locker room session when he, like, I just don't think there was any point behind what he said other than just like, like, I just, I don't think there was anything to gain. I think Doug was trying to get something out of it, and he didn't. So it didn't work out. But I, I think he, Doug was a little bit more well intentioned. In, in this case, as far as Skandrick's comments go, I can 100% see where a player could come from this viewpoint. Now, personally, like I think that the, the way that you know those two those two guys, Zach Brown and, and Doug Peterson, kind of you know made the comments that they that they made, I thought they were they were different as well. Like Zach Brown was, you know, criticizing the quarterback of the other team, or Doug wasn't like you know saying anything bad about the the Cowboys. He was talking more positively about his own team and trying to show them show you know his team that, that he had confidence in them to go down there and win the game so right. like i but from a player perspective you know they say they, they they look at it like you know the player said this you know had had bad remarks before a game uh the coach had bad remarks before a game mm-hmm. and the player gets cut but the coach gets to keep his job right so i can understand his perspective on that even if i don't agree with it the other thing that I'll add is I do think of the things in here that are legitimate, I don't think it's crazy to say the Eagles are having a tough time dealing with success post Oh, sure. I, I agree with that, too. It's it's I, odd coming from a player that has never won anything. Yes. But, but, uh, but I actually do agree with his sentiment there. Same. All right, let's go. Should he get released? No, he did not, but maybe so. And then you and Akeem Spence went. I mean, I, uh, how it was explained to me from Howie. And I don't believe I anything that Howie says. Howie told me it was raining outside. I'd probably, you know, get some shorts just just in case. Okay, well, on that comment, um, if you're told it's raining and it doesn't rain, you don't really have to be prepared for the lack of rain. Yeah. Well, so uh, yeah. Did... <laughs> oh, it's not raining and, I, and I'm not wearing shorts. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, what am I going to do now? But still, that is a uh, man. Uh, I I feel like you don't see former players openly ripping uh, a GM a GMs yeah. that well. He cut, that he, cut often. Him, he cut them twice. I mean, I, I, we, it's not that we never see it. We definitely do see that, but uh, especially so quick after too. This has been a problem that's creeped up before in the past. You know, obviously with with Roseman being called. Uh, did he actually say the word liar? Hmm. But I mean, he accused him of accused, well. Scandrick. Scandrick? No, I mean, he did he's, not. He's, but he's saying he's lying because he doesn't. He, if, he, he said, says, I don't believe if, anything that how he says. Yeah. Okay. So basically the same thing. And, you know, we've heard that criticism in the past of Howie. Yeah. Anyway. We certainly have. Continuing. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, he, he put it to me. I said he wanted to play some younger players and they're a mess on defense and. They needed to get some more defense alignment, so we'll see how that works for them this weekend up in Buffalo. How much dissension did you feel inside the locker room? Lane Johnson said guys are late for meetings. Was there turmoil in the locker room that you could see and feel? Let's just say where there's smoke, there's fire. You've been in a lot of locker rooms. Mm -hmm. Um, If me and you are having a conversation in the locker room and it gets leaked to him, 
So he's going to get the edited version. What was the version that me and you were actually talking about? Right. Mm. I don't know what that means. So what about <laughs> the report that Alshon was the one who took an anonymous shot at the quarterback? I love Alshon, and um, I'm going to take it for what he said. It wasn't him, but it came from somewhere. Once again, where there's smoke, there's fire. Um, that locker room is is, is different. Um, I, I would tell guys when I came there, like, I still feel like they're living on that Super Bowl high. Like, it's over. You living in the past. But some of those guys came in the league, and the first thing they experienced was 13-3 in the Super Bowl, and they think that's what it's all about. Yeah. How many years you play? Sorry Four for teams. the text. How many Super Bowls? Three. How hard was it to get there? How many years did it? <laughs> yeah. Three Super Bowls in the other 11 years was basically... Not successful. I don't look at you were one of the lucky ones. Right. Yeah. Right. And for me, twelve years, no Super Bowls, mm-hmm. no Super Bowl appearances. And some of those guys, um, they haven't even faced the harsh reality of a losing season. But at this rate, that what's going on there, it's it's the problem is not just fixable by saying we're all gonna stick together. You say we're all gonna stick together, we're all in this together, but then you get Lane saying people's late to me. It's it's some accountability issues going on there and it starts from the top. Okay, so he's going to go on to say here in a minute that like Lane is a good player, and um, but he didn't have a good game against the Cowboys, which again goes back to what you thought was the funniest part of the uh, of this uh, TV segment, where you know he said, you know, who doesn't have a bad game here and there? Right. <laughs> anyway, so you notice, but the problem that I have with Lane, and he talks a lot. This is Shannon Sharp, not Orlando Sanders, right? Now. He backs it up. Yeah, he's, he's, he's a good player. Yeah. But is this something that you could have said privately? I was just I was just talking about that to somebody. Like, why not go to that guy and tell him on the plane? Right. But for me, that was like a masking like thing. I think Lane is a hell of a player, and we all can agree with that. Right. He didn't have a hell of a game on Sunday. Right. So instead of, you know, going out and attacking somebody being late, you know, the first thing that you could have did is just looked in the mirror and maybe went to that guy and pulled him to the side and said, hey, we can't be late. We got to get this together. We got to set examples. We're the vets on this team because they're not talking about a rookie being late. They're not talking about just some guy that's the 52nd, 53rd man on the roster, some guy that doesn't play and active being late. This That comment is about somebody of some significance. Ah, uh, the game's at four. All right, so we got a commercial here. <laughs> I can skip it right now. So instead of hiding behind a... You know, I, I don't know who it is, you know, and I didn't. I wasn't there long enough to even dive into that. That comment was made. I was released the next day. But who's the who's the uh, late guy, Brandon? The late guy that Lane yeah. is talking about. Yes. Um, I don't know. Do you know? No, I don't know. I'm asking you to predict the late guy. Um, someone <laughs> of significance. You, I'm, I'm putting you on the spot. Well, how would Lane know? You know, how would he? <laughs> so it has to be. It would have to be offensive, right? I would if, imagine it would have to be someone. It would, I would imagine it'd have to be an offensive lineman. Really, would he really? Who would that even be? Like I don't. Like there's no way it's Jason Peters. I mean, there's I no way it's Brandon Brooks because that's his boy. I mean, it could be Jason Peters, but I'm, I'm saying there's no way he would say that. I mean, like he, JP right. would rip his head off. Um, yes. Um, and I think Lane would know better. Uh, it, I, <laughs> <laughs> well, do you agree with Do you agree with uh, Skandrick that uh, it's somebody of significance? Um, I, I guess I was, I was going to, I just, I started laughing because I started thinking like it, it was Isaac Sumalo and like how just, <laughs> how, like how, how like just insignificant he, that seems he, as like an issue. He can't, he can't be late. He would just lose his job. 
Yeah, but I just imagine too, like if that was like the big issue. Oh, Isaac Samal yeah. was late. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> but Scandrick saying he doesn't know who's who. Lane is referring to here. To be clear, he Scandrick doesn't know. He's just going off of Lane's comments that somebody was late. But I am curious who's late. I uh, I also think that uh, I, I, I don't mean, necessarily, I, I don't necessarily think it has to be a player of significance. I don't know if I agree with that or not. I I agree that um, I don't think Lane should have said it in that way, and I think. Malcolm Jenkins and Brandon Graham basically said the same thing that he probably doesn't need to handle it like that uh, and can probably try to keep it more internal. People say, uh, I mean, after games, uh, you're, you're going to get players saying things that they normally wouldn't say because they're a little bit more emotional after a game, whether it's a win or a loss. And, uh, you know, other times, like you get them in the locker room, other times during the week, they're a little bit more measured in what they say. So, you know, coming off that loss where he was frustrated and he, and I agree with Skandrick that Lane didn't play well. He gave up a, you know, a strip sack on their second possession of the game. The that was second touchdown. quickest sack of the week. Ooh. So, yeah, I mean, mentioned somebody was late. <laughs> yeah. I think he actually did take accountability, if I recall. I think he, you know, acknowledged that he didn't play well. Yeah, I'd have to look at that. But whenever he doesn't play well, he always does acknowledge he doesn't play. He didn't play well. Yeah, he's pretty honest. Continuing. I'm looking at Skip. It's hard for me to believe that the guy was just late before the Dallas game. So what happened when you won these last couple of games in a row? So no, everybody was up on time, showed up on time, to meetings on time, on practice on time. But it's just the week before Dallas, guys started coming late to meetings, coming late to practice. Not at all, Shannon. You already know exactly. when you when you lose, you know everything- the fingers is you, 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 you. And then when you have success, it's like, oh, it's fine, you know, let it slip through the cracks. But it's some issues going on there. As you know, all that success you mentioned was achieved with Nick Foles at quarterback. Absolutely. Brandon? All right. This is not true. I mean, obviously, see, this is part of the problem in here, too. I mean, This like, is garbage interviewing. I mean, he's basically, he's making, he's inserting his own opinions when you, you should really just be asking the, uh, the subject questions. Yeah, and that's the gimmick. That's the gimmick of the show. Skip yes. is obviously a well-known Cowboys fan, and this is his bit. <laughs> like, he, he's yeah. going to, you know, make it pro-Cowboys, anti-Eagles. Like, this is his thing. So yes. that needs to be considered here. Continuing. He was to the. He was almost worshipped. They built a shrine in the locker room. This is pre you, uh, who was a Chris Long. Built a shrine to Nick Foles in the locker room. The players did not worship Nick Foles. The players <laughs> love Nick Foles. All of them to a man. All, Nick Foles was as popular a player in that locker room as you can imagine. But nobody worshipped him. That whole Nick Foles statue was just a funny little gimmick that Chris Long did. That's all it was. Room in two straight playoffs. One, he cashed in with the Super Bowl MVP, and last year won the big game at Chicago. And then Alshon missed a pass right in his hands, or they might have pulled off a win at New Orleans. Right. So now you have the young quarterback back in. How much pressure is on him, and how is he handling that? Um, there's a ton of pressure on him, but let's just start here. Nick Foles is not walking through that door no? at all. Right. Not at all. And I think. Are there some people in that locker room? I mean, he plays for the Jaguars, so no, he's not. <laughs> that still would probably want Nick. Yeah, but that's not a knock hmm. against Carson. Okay. It's just it seems like that it Nick is. Has that's interesting. I mean, he did confidently kind of say that would some guys in the locker room want Nick over him, and he no. said, "Yeah, I bet that, that's that, probably." I wouldn't be surprised if that's true. But that is a knock. That's not not a knock. That is absolutely a knock. Oh, of course it's a knock. Yeah, <laughs> that's not. You can't be people, like people would, would rather have a different quarterback <laughs> over the other guy. Yeah, is that a, is that a, a knock? 
Nah. That's yes, like when you is. say like uh, you, t- you say to somebody, "No offense, but," and then you yeah. say like the most offensive thing ever. Oh, no offense, I don't want you here. Um, <laughs> I actually want this other guy, but it's no offense to you. <laughs> Nevertheless, still interesting that he does mention that you know some players might prefer Nick Foles over him, which so, lines up with the Philly voice thing. I don't think that's a new sentiment. Sure. Yep. Okay, continuing. But he's not walking through that locker room, and clearly the organization has shown everybody—the fan base, the players, the coaches—they're all in on Carson. It's his team. So somewhere in the happy medium, they're going to have to figure out you how to get over, get get over, get over yeah. what he done. Yeah. Yeah, there's a big story in Philly Voice. Hey, Philly Voice. Carson's nice. leadership. This is in the offseason before you got there. How did you sense his growth as a leader? How did it sort of resonate through the locker room or not resonate? Uh, I love Carson. I mean, I thought that he was a great guy. I thought he was stand up. I thought he was. I'm going to compare him to your quarterback. Okay. I, I spent nice. enough time with both of them. Dak, natural born. Yeah. First one in the building. Mm-hmm. Last one out. Doing extra things. That, that might be his greatest strength. Doing extra things. Carson, mm-hmm. if you go back to earlier in the season, they dropped a few passes, and now they want to stay after practice and catch some extra passes. That's that's adversity, right? Mm-hmm. How do you handle success? When you handle success, when you when you rip off a few games, does everybody just get in at 7.15 and leave at 6.14? Mm. And I think they're, that they're dealing with that right now. That success is really, really hurting them right now. Okay, so there's a lot to unpack. I mean, not there's actually not a lot to unpack there because it's very confusing. <laughs> it's a very confusing quote that he just said. He kind of compares Dak to Carson. Mm-hmm. And he says that Dak kind of does the thing, you know, goes above and beyond to do what's needed and whatever. And then he stops short of saying that Wentz doesn't. But yeah. is the implication here that he doesn't? Because he doesn't actually say it. But then he says, like, some guys drop passes. And then at that point, they're working, They're you know, they're after they screw up, then, they, they're, then they're working a little harder than they normally would. Does Orlando Skandrick even know that they weren't doing passes after practice early in the season when he wasn't on the roster <laughs> like when, he wasn't when there did, when did they resign him again uh after week four it was the day after they lost to the pack or sorry day after they beat the packers got it that's when right. Maddox got hurt so like right does right. he know for a fact that they weren't doing that and i don't know also um isn't like one of carson's biggest things that he's like one of the hardest working guys on the team like i i've I feel like I've seen plenty of things that he's always one of the first guys in, one of the first ones out. And that also seems to fit his personality type. Like, I don't, that seems like a weird criticism to me there. That has never been a knock on him. In fact, in the, in the Philly voice, the quote unquote, the Philly voice story, (laughs) um, you know, the, the anonymous sources went out of their way to say that he does work extraordinarily hard. Right. Yeah. So, So I don't know. I think he just. I think what happened with uh, Skandrick there was he just started to go down a path. So I think sometimes yeah. we we we've all done this where we just start talking and then we realize like halfway through the <laughs> halfway through whatever we're saying it's not making any sense. Like Michael like, or, Scott or, or, talking about or, or, how he starts the sentence and doesn't know how to finish it. <laughs> yes, exactly. I think that's what happened to Orlando there. But because again, like that's never been a knock on Car- on Carson Wentz in any way whatsoever. And um, I think we can just kind of, I mean, it is, I mean. I think he might be speaking to like a team thing there more so than Carson. I think that's his his implication, kind of like he was talking about earlier in terms of handling success. Like they're not, they're not the hungriest team. And I guess that's, that's something I could see being again, legitimate in this criticism is that the Eagles are complacent. 
We saw it with the Phillies when they won a World Series. I think complacency played a big factor in them going from world champions in 2008 to then pretty much declining every year after. And Cole Hamels even admitted that. Like, he had a bad 2009 season after being World Series MVP in 2008 because he said he got complacent. So I don't think that's that's impossible that that's what's going on here, too. Look at you with the Cole Hamels callback. Boom. A-plus work from you. All right, continuing on. How much dissension did you feel in the defensive huddle as things unraveled at Minnesota and then at Dallas? Was there any talking? Was there any no, clashing? No, I think on defense, I think they, they have stuck together pretty good. I think there's some selfish people on that defense, though. Do you? Absolutely. Oh, 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 I mean, I think oh. that Rasul Douglas, who's a, a good friend of mine, I think he he took some unwanted heat for some blown coverages on some other people's selfish play. Mm. And we don't even have to say names. Yeah, yeah we do. I know, no, we, know but... we don't have to say names at all. They know who they are. Mm. Well, you're not talking about... You play about... in the middle of the let's, let's just say he's not a corner. I believe it at that. He's not a corner. Shannon, you know football. <laughs> I do know football. Mm. And Skip, you've watched you a lot know, of football. I know a lot of football. <laughs> so I think... It might have been the guy that got ran over Skip. I don't know, but it might have been him. Mm. Guy named Jenkins? All right, we'll stop it there. Um, first of all, Jenkins took accountability for that play. <laughs> so, like, I don't, know what, I don't know what Skandrick's talking about. Like, and he's right that Razul was expecting, you know, help should have been there from Jenkins. Jenkins said after the game that he was 100% at fault for that touchdown. The Vikings game, to be clear. Yes, correct. Yeah. I mean, clearly Jenkins has a problem, or I'm sorry, Skandrick has a problem with Jenkins. Yeah. Uh, obviously. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of interesting, uh... It doesn't surprise me, by the way. Like, Jenkins can, you know, rub some guys the wrong way, I think. So it doesn't really surprise me necessarily that, um, uh, you know, he's getting criticism from from Skandrick here. I think Jenkins is a is a good leader. And a lot of good leaders don't kind of, you know... I, I think a, a, a lot of players don't like strong leadership sometimes. And mm-hmm. I think that's what he is. And he screwed up in that game. And uh, I think that Skandrick just doesn't like him and wanted to point out the mistake that he made in that game. I like Skandrick's uh, criticism format here where even it was like, uh, so what do you think of Carson Wentz? And he's like, oh, I love him. Great guy. And then he kind of goes into a little bit of a criticism. And then they're like, yeah. how do you think the Eagles defense is doing? He's like, oh, actually, they're sticking together pretty good. But then <laughs> there's right. some selfish. Like, it's it's funny. He kind of like tries to soften it at first and then totally just goes in the opposite direction. All right. Continuing. I don't- Malcolm Jenkins? Maybe that's who we're talking about. Maybe we're talking about Roscoe Jenkins. Maybe we're talking about Roscoe Jenkins. But, I mean, I think that when you wear a C on your jersey, it's your job to bring guys along. Oh, by the way, can we just uh, acknowledge that Doug said he wears a C on his hat for coach? I did not. Like a week ago? I didn't hear or see that. (laughs) I think it was... uh, Was he kidding? No, he wasn't kidding. He, uh... What? I think it was, uh, he was getting asked, this might have been after the Dallas game, he got asked, uh, or no, it was after he made the comments about them going down to Dallas, and then the mm-hmm. next time he got, because that was on the radio, I think the next time he was in an interview session <laughs> with the media, he said something to the effect of, that's where, that's why I wear the C on my hat, because I'm the coach. What? <laughs> 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 so I guess he, I guess you know if you wear your C, you know the C on your jersey, mm. the, like the captains of the play, you know the, the player captains. And I wonder if it gets confusing, like if players see the C on the hat and they're like, "Wait a second, is he the coach or the captain?" <laughs> All right, continue. <laughs> it's your job 
you need to take the hard down. You need to take the hard job. And you what need is to the hard like, down? bring the thing together. I don't know if that's... I think he means like um, you got to do the harder job sometimes. Okay. Maybe he meant that like he jumped the route hoping to, you know, get like a pick or something. Uh-huh. When maybe the better football play was to, you know, do his job okay. on the play. Maybe that's what he means. I don't know. That's the case. Mm. You know, Strong. you look at everything that happened. You hold out for a contract. You come in. He, first, he didn't hold out. And did you, like, I, it blows my mind that a player would criticize another player for skipping OTAs. Yeah. Like, they, they're all unified usually on that. Yeah. What I good mean, does they, it they, do? They, they fought hard in the CBA for things like that, you know, having the ability for those practices to be voluntary as opposed to mandatory yeah how does it benefit orlando sandrick for malcolm <laughs> jenkins to be making less money it doesn't but also he's saying like he held out yeah <laughs> anyway you're not really making any plays like splash plays uh, stop it right someone. there yeah. are you kidding me he's not making any splash plays they almost beat the lions because he makes this huge field goal block that right, was incredibly exactly. clutch and Boy, that wasn't there he so wasn't, much more. He wasn't he wasn't on the team for that but and i and i get it but like that that was a huge play i mean they win that game you know, JJ right. Right. They, they almost won the, the game ball. because of that. Correct. Yeah. They, they, like if, if that field goal just goes off and they make it, it's over. Like that, that game's done right then and there. And Malcolm has not missed. He's the only player in defense. It might be the only player in the team entirely who has not missed a snap this season. You no, know, you somehow supposed to be in the half of the field and you end up playing a crosser. Mm. That, that's not a, that's not a, not a rookie we talk about here. It's a two time Super Bowl champ. That is true. How much of a statement did you feel like <laughs> that is true. Elliott made on that early play where he did run over said Malcolm Jenkins? Man, Zeke came out on the mission. Um, when you go into somebody's house, I've been on the other side of that, that locker room, and when you go into somebody's house and you tell them what they're going to do, I can't come to your house and tell you I'm going to move your furniture and put my TV in my bed right here. <laughs> and yeah, I think that's, that's uh, we, we wasn't going to talk ourselves to a victory. We tried it. How did it play in the locker room when Doug Peterson seemed to guarantee and then seemed to walk it back? The whole thing was strange, man. Um, just being a part of that Dallas Cowboy organization for so long and then going to being a part of two other organizations, I never really felt like at home. If I could take back one thing or one regret that I have in my whole entire sports career, it would have been to stay with that Dallas Cowboy organization through thick and thin. And I had a long, long conversation with Sean Lee before the game. And, Did you? You know. On the field? No, 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 on the phone. On the Me phone? and Sean are great really? friends. We had a long conversation that wasn't even about, like, football. It just was about, like, his loyalty to Dallas and, you know, and how I was happy for him for grinding through it and being healthy and continuing to, like, fight despite what everyone said about him. And, you know, he was just telling me, like, he loves it. He loves being in Dallas. He's the, the work that he's put in with those guys. He, he loves coming to work every day. And I can't say my last two years of football has been like that. Mm. That's that's pathetic. Continuing. By the way, <laughs> Sean Lee played really well the other day. Man, he's a baller. He's a baller. I mean, given where he is in his career, he played well in that game. He's a baller. I mean, yeah. he can't. Injuries is part of the game. Yeah, I know. It's, it's, I mean, you know, and for him, it's hard. When you've been a staple, you've had that captaincy. All right, keep over this. Been a Pro Bowl player on that team, and then they bring in the two young guys. Wait, you got Jalen Smith. You got Vander Esch. And all oh, we don't need. We don't like, need to hear this. I don't. I don't know how far to go ahead. It's like now he's back in the starting lineup. I think that's pretty much all he said, right? I think that was the bulk of it. We can cut it there. Yeah, I think. we basically got everything. I think we got to all the major points. I want to read you this, Jimmy. 
This Cindy is McManus? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I got a text on that while we were. <laughs> Go ahead. For the sake of context, this is from ESPN reporter Tim McManus, uh, great reporter, even better guy, maybe? I don't know. Uh, for the sake of context, here are some quotes from Orlando Skandrick immediately after the loss to the Cowboys. Orlando Skandrick was much higher on the, the locker room makeup then. And now this is all in quotes that I'm about to read. This locker room is fine. Everyone wants to look for one reason. It wasn't one-on-one out there. It was 11-on-11, 46-on-46. It was a bad night. We're going through a bad stretch right now. And we're either going to fight through it, take accountability, come to work, and handle ourselves like the professionals that we are, or we can tuck our tails between our legs and start looking for excuses. And I don't think anybody is ready to tuck our tails between our legs and look out for excuses, or look for excuses. This team's got the great pedigree, to bounce back got a great head coach some great leadership sometimes you play this game long enough you get your butt kicked right when you think about pointing a finger at somebody you need to realize there are four fingers pointing back at you and you need to handle yourself end quote <laughs> so that's a good pull by mcmanus i got another one for you that just came in okay uh this is from the great daniel gallon by the way oh, follow nice. if you guys don't follow daniel gallon follow him da- is sure. at daniel J.T. Gallen, it's G-A-L-L-E-N, yep. on Twitter. He's awesome. Anyway, he found this. Uh, this was after Skandrick got released uh, before Monday. 53-man cutdowns. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, wait, hold on. Let me see. Yeah, that was when it happened. I guess this is after they brought him back. So okay. he was going to be positive after they brought him back. But here's what so he said. this is late September. This is uh, after they brought, yes, right, after they brought him back this during the season this year. Was I surprised? Yes, Skandrick said. (laughs) Did I know the situation? Did I know the reason? Yes. Did I understand it? Yes. Was Howie Roseman very, very, very honest with me? Yes. (laughs) So at the same time, when I was a little surprised and a little upset about how things went down, I totally understood it. But now he doesn't believe him. (laughs) I I think that's clear. I think this whole thing is very clear in that there is some truth to what Orlando Skendrick said. You can't oh, just sit there. The things that he said is very valuable to people like me and you and the and the fans of the team. I don't think you can sit there and say it's all made up, but I also don't think you can sit there and be like, this is 100% true without any <laughs> right. without any like context of it's a Cowboys fan interviewing and setting him up and really kind of getting him to, to goad him into saying these things. And the fact that Orlando Skandrick is very obviously bitter, as he should be, and as he's entitled to be. I, I'm sure... You know, if you or I got fired, Jimmy, we wouldn't just be like, oh, everybody have nothing bad to say at all about my former employer. Like, I get it. But uh, I, so I think the truth is somewhere in between those two extremes, as it usually is. All right. So uh, I have nothing to add. Yeah. So uh, Eagles win this weekend still? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, actually, that's an interesting question. Do you think this helps their chances of winning or hurts them? I don't think it really has a big impact, honestly. I just... <laughs> I don't know. I, if you're okay, if you're if you're let's say it, let's say it adds one point one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Which uh, way does it add it? I I think. Well, I think you talk about how this team has handled this kind of stuff so far. It hasn't been great, so I can't say it helps. <laughs> I uh, I think it helps them. Okay, we'll I see. I think uh, I think a lot of players are not going to be happy with the quotes. I think some of them. I think some of them like, you know, I think some of the players that agree with some of that. Are gonna, you know, 
you know, it's not going to sway. I mean, they're not going to fight any harder. <laughs> but like, mm-hmm. like a guy like Lane Johnson is going to want to murder somebody this weekend. And Malcolm. And Malcolm for sure. Although maybe I, Malcolm I, I, now uh, bites the cheese on another one trying to make a big play. <laughs> <laughs> and they hit him over the top again. Great. I don't know. I think this is a worthless analysis. Though. <laughs> Alrighty. Well, this was, I tried. <laughs> this was the uh, the first emergency podcast, Jimmy, that you and I ever did. Uh, maybe we'll have a more fun one coming up next week, the trade deadline or something. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Make sure you subscribe here on BGN Radio. Uh, download, review, rate, all those good things. Follow BGN Radio on Twitter at BGN underscore radio. Follow Jimmy on Twitter at Jimmy Kempsey. Follow myself on Twitter at Brandon Gowton. Uh, is, is that it, Jimmy? Congratulations to whoever had Orlando, or, Orlando Skandrick at 500 to 1 <laughs> on the first uh, BGN Radio with Jimmy and Brandon uh, emergency pod. Yes, you won. Bye. BGN.